Welcome into the ITP Quick Kicks podcast for Thursday, February 25th. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here, and as we continue to go through the offseason, we've done a little bit of talk on uh, the draft and on some prospects, but today we really want to start focusing in on some individual teams as well. And so we did reach out uh, to an expert who is a good friend of ours, Alex Kazora from Steelers Depot is kind enough to join us today. Before I bring him in, I do want to, as always, bring in Mark. And Mark, uh, very happy uh, start to the week for you. Good start to the week. Fired up for this one. Alex, he's a rising rock star in this business, man, so it's good to talk to him. He's, forward to he it. is about as good as it gets. And Alex, I appreciate you joining us tonight as well. Well, thank you, guys. There's too much pressure on me, though. The expectations are, are way too high. I like to bring him in low just to, just to jump over that bar so everyone, maybe I sound smarter by comparison. Well, Alex is actually one of the worst analysts in, <laughs> I don't in know why we're having him on. just yeah. about anywhere you can find, <laughs> yeah. so I'm maybe sorry that you have to listen. But That's what I'm looking for. That, that's, that should be on my Twitter profile. I'm the worst analyst ever. I like that. Just kick us a couple royalties from it, but let's, <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about where you sit just kind of looking at the Steelers in the offseason here. Uh, this is a team that I think going into the season, a lot of people felt like there were some question marks and, and you know felt this team was going to take a little bit of a step back, but actually ended up, I think, outperforming expectations a little bit. Would you say that's a fair statement here? Uh, I, I think it would be. Personally, you know, we kind of did a little exercise before the year of kind of guess the Steelers record, and I don't put much stock into those things because it's so difficult to do, but I kind of had the feeling of an 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, nine and si- nine and seven, you know, maybe squeeze in uh, to the playoffs, which is what ended up happening, but I think, you know, just overall, I didn't expect the defense to play as well as it did and just be as stable as it was. I mean, there were, of course, a lot of areas to still improve upon, but I thought that defense was going to be a real weak link, and, and in some respects, it got a lot better. Um, so I think overall, uh, you're kind of happy with where the team was at, especially just given just the, the rash of injuries that it went through and the adversity it had to deal with. I mean, you talk about a team that lost its quarterback at, at points. You talk about a team that lost its starting left tackle, had issues on the defensive line, at inside linebacker, at safety. Uh, you know, If you would have told me all that coming into the year, I wouldn't have expected the, the team to have the, the year that it did. Where do you think the uh, the most pressing need on that defense is right now? Is it in that front seven, as you said, or is it more looking at the safety position uh, as you that you also mentioned as a potential weak spot? I, I've put it on two areas. Uh, assuming the team, if the team does not sign uh, strong safety Robert Golden, then strong safety I think jumps to the top of that list because uh, there's nothing else there. There's Will Allen who, who played poorly last year who may come back on a one-year cheap deal but hopefully nothing more than, than depth. And then you have Shamarco Thomas who was supposed to be the heir apparent to, to Troy Polamalu uh, but you know he flamed out in camp in the preseason. He got benched before week one. Uh, so if Golden's not re-signed there's absolutely nothing there. And it's interesting because we talk about the Steelers secondary in the draft and free agency you know, cornerback is not a position they invest very heavily in, but safety is a position that they've gone through under Kevin Colbert uh, quite a bit. I mean, you go way back in the early 2000s to Brent Alexander and Mike Logan. You trade up, you draft Troy Polamalu in the first round. Uh, you sign, you know, Ryan Clark in free agency, and then you know, fast forward to, to closer to now, uh, Mike Mitchell getting that five, you know, five-year, twenty-five million dollar deal, trading up for Shamarco Thomas, even though that didn't work out. Uh, you look across the board, they've invested heavily in safety because of what they ask their safeties to do. They ask them to do so many different things on defense, play in the box, play center field, uh, you know, in coverage, uh, stop the run, you know, fill the alley, things like that. So strong safety is at the top of the list for me, and then I still would love to see a really strong edge rusher 
long term, the only edge rusher they really have on this roster is Bud Dupree. Uh, and, and so you want to try to complement him with somebody else. Uh, so that, that's kind of the two areas that two areas that I'm looking at: a strong safety and outside linebacker. Alex, if Pittsburgh decides to invest in strong safety, a name that they've been linked to most li- mostly by you is uh, Darian Thompson, the Boise State strong safety. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he'd be a potential good fit for that defense? You know, Mark, I just don't see many holes in his game. I know he might be a little bit stiff in coverage, but I think he's a well-rounded guy. He's a guy that can play in the box, can play, you know, in center field. I think he's almost best as that strong safety kind of playing that robber coverage where he doesn't have to play the deep middle all the time because there is a question about long speed and the ability to flip his hips and, and turn and run in man coverage. Um, but I, mean, I think he's a guy that can do it all. He's a three-year starter. I think he played in a relatively complex defense at Boise State. Uh, I, I think he's just he's a prototypical strong safety who can hit you and, and play in coverage and, and create turnovers. You look at a guy that has 19 career interceptions. If you look at last year, what the Steelers tried to do, they tried to get some, some defensive backs that had gaudy interception numbers, and that's what Mike Tomlin admitted to. Senquez Golson uh, had, I think, 10. Rod Holloman in the seventh round, as, as terrible of a prospect he was, he had 14 interceptions. So they targeted guys that, that got after the football, and, and, and you get a guy with 19 interceptions, uh, and Darian Thompson. Um, yeah, I don't know for sure if he could start day one just because how difficult the position is to do at strong safety, but I think if there's a guy that could do it, it would be him. Alex, with uh, Ben Roethlisberger obviously going through some health issues this year and due to be entering his age 35 season in the fall, is this the year that the Steelers potentially use a second or third round pick for a backup who can not only provide potentially six to eight games in the event something like that happens again, but also potentially succeed Roethlisberger at the end of his career? Yeah, Chuck, I get asked that a lot. I, I just don't see it now. I think, you know, Roethlisberger has a couple years left. And, and with the team, the way it's built and how close they were last year, I mean, if, if, if Fitzgerald Toussaint doesn't fumble in a divisional game against Denver, they have a great chance of beating the Broncos, yeah. and who knows where it goes from there. So I just don't think you're in a position to do that. And, and I don't know if you guys know, but I'm kind of weird about quarterbacks. I think either you take a guy to be a franchise guy or you don't take one at all. So if you get past the, the second, third round and you start getting into day three, I'm not even looking at quarterback. I think the idea of grooming a quarterback is kind of a myth. It's the least you know amount of success rate of any position in the, in the later rounds. It's very difficult to do. And from the Steelers' perspective, if you like history, the last kind of mid-round quarterback or later that they've taken that had any sort of success was Cliff Stout in, I think, 1977, and he won, I think, nine games. So, I mean, the, the history they have, the names of, of, of Brian St. Pierre and, and Dennis Dixon and Omar Jacobs, those are mid-round quarterbacks that, you know, they've taken in the past, and they just the success, the success rate is not there, I think, to justify it, given, you know, Roethlisberger still having a couple years left and how close his team is for making a Super Bowl run. Alex, with the retirement of Heath Miller, that's another position of need now on this offense. Do you think that Pittsburgh will try to address that in-house? Do you think they'll try to fill it through through free agency? Or do you see there somebody in the draft that they could possibly pick up? Yeah, it, it's very difficult, Mark, just because the way the Steelers look at tight end is, is very unique uh, to, relative to the rest of the NFL. The Steelers have never bought into the, the, the move tight end, the real athletic kind of kid. They want a guy that can you know, be a good run blocker, that can run block against defensive ends by himself, that can, that can pass protect against a defensive end um, by himself. They ask him to do so much in the blocking game, uh, you know, they don't, they're not going to split those guys out. Uh, it's just what they look for. It's what they want. Uh, and those 
those guys are really hard to find in college. Um, I think two names in college uh, I'll give you, and then I'll give you maybe a couple free agent names to look out for. But Nick Vanette uh, out of uh, Ohio State. I mean, the Steelers love drafting Ohio State kids. You could see him in round uh, three. And then a kid I like that I'm probably higher on than most, but I think makes sense is Henry Krager Coble out yeah. of Iowa. Uh, maybe in that fourth round. I think he was very similar to Jesse James, who they drafted in the fifth round last year, as in he wore a lot of hats. You know, he was, of course, a, a good receiver, but he's a guy that pass protected and, and worked in protection that uh, was base blocking against uh, some defensive ends, was reach blocking from the backside. You know, he's done a lot, and, and I think, you know, that's kind of helped his progression. So those are two guys I'm looking in the draft. And then for agency, the Steelers are never big players there. I would love Dwayne Allen, but I don't know if the money's going to be right. But you're looking at guys like uh, maybe a John Phillips, a Kellen Davis, or Jermaine Gresham. Um, the Steelers are familiar with Gresham when he was in Cincinnati. Um, just someone that can block. They, they really place a high value on that more than probably any other team in the NFL. Yeah, Dwayne Allen would seem to be a, a great fit there. We had talked about him couple weeks ago is potentially being a good fit for a team that's looking for a blocking tight end who still has some ability to get out in the passing game when necessary there if you take a look back at the defensive side of the ball this is a draft that has been well noted for the defensive linemen uh, that are going to be available there when you look at how the Steelers are set up do you get the sense that there's a real need at end necessarily or is it more in the middle where you see the biggest need here uh, I think depth is the biggest need at defensive line. And if you followed me on Twitter, I, I talk about it all the time. As good as Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt are, their snap totals are just way too high. I mean, Hayward finished out the year. Uh, he played over, I think, I think over 1,100 snaps if you include the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Tewitt was at Tewitt would have played 90% of the snaps had he, you know, not missed two games uh, with a knee injury. Uh, I, I think combined Hayward and Tuitt, whenever Tuitt was healthy, neither of them missed more than five consecutive snaps the entire year. I mean, those guys were workhorses, and they're great and fantastic, and I think one of the best, you know, uh, three, four, you know, pair of ends in the NFL. But there's just no depth behind that. So I think you have to add somebody. Uh, I want to get someone in free agency like a Billy Wynn or a, or a Laguerre, you know, Doosable, uh, who's with the who was with the Jets, who's probably going to hit free agency, and then double dip and go in the draft as well to de- to develop somebody. Alex, given the fact that this draft class looks to be really talented along that defensive front, who are some guys you'd like to see Pittsburgh go for if they do that double-dip route? Uh, in the draft, you said? Yes. Uh, I, I, I did a mock today, and I'm kind of higher on him than I think maybe some are, but Jihad Ward from Illinois, I think this is a guy that's going to go up draft boards because of that kind of rare size at 300 pounds, 6'5", and he's a good athlete. I thought he looked really good down at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, he's still kind of raw, and that's another reason why you want to bring in a veteran guy that, you know, that can play right away while the rookie kind of learns under, you know, Hayward and Tewood and John Mitchell, the defensive line coach there who's been around forever, and I think is one of the best in the business. So, so I'm looking at Ward. You know, th- just real quick, I don't want to get off on a big tangent here like I have been this whole time, but one of the interesting things is just because of all the nickel and, and sub-package football the Steelers play now, you kind of view the defensive line position a little bit different. The Steelers played sub-package football, I think, 75% of the time this year. I mean, just just crazy, crazy high because of all the 11 personnel that you get. So instead of having your traditional 5-tech or maybe a 4-tech um, run stuffing ends, you basically have your 1- and 3-tech and guys that have to get after the quarterback and be really good pass rushers. So I think you know, the mold kind of change where instead of looking at just run stuffing, you know, five techs, you're kind of looking at guys that have to be able to get after the quarterback. Um, and if they played the three a lot in college, that's okay because they're probably going to play the three a lot 
um, in Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, a guy like Carl Nassib that might not have a natural fit because you kind of don't know where you're going to play him, he can play with his hand down. And if he plays that three-tech and can get after the quarterback, he might make more sense now than he did, say, five years ago. Alex, got a couple minutes left, so probably time for a couple more questions here. Uh, when I look, and, and obviously you know that I'm a big special teams guy, Pittsburgh obviously had noted issues in the first part of the season in their kicking game, seemed to square that away in the second half of the year. Do you see the potential for bringing anyone in that could make a difference on special teams? Not necessarily a specialist, but just bringing in a dedicated special teams guy. We've seen uh, you know, guys that the Patriots bring in a Nate Ebner or Matt Slater or someone like that. Any thought that that might be a place that they look to pick up someone either in the draft or free agency as well? Yeah, you talk to Steelers fans, and that's one of their top complaints is the return game, that it isn't good enough. And they had Drew Archer. You know, I thought Drew Archer actually wasn't that bad. He was getting better. The average wasn't terrible, and they decided to release him. They tried to roll the dice on, on Jacoby Jones, and that, that yep. face planted in about about a half second. Uh, you know, I, I would, you know, in terms of coverage units, um, you know, I, I think the coverage unit's been very strong. I love what Danny Smith does. I think he game plans very well. You have different ways he attacks coverages and in, in, in the return unit and, and, and things like that. Uh, if you're looking for a return, Turner, again, I did the mock, to, or I think the other day, on Steelers Depot. Uh, one guy I mocked that gives you kind of corner slash return value was Morgan Burns out of Kansas State, who I think averaged 33.5 yards per kick last year, had four kickoff returns for a touchdown, was the Big 12 Special Teams Player of, uh, of the month, uh, or of the week, uh, for, for four weeks in a row for a month. So, you know, that's a guy that didn't get a combine invite, that didn't, I don't, I don't think was at any big, you know, bowl game, shrine game, or anything like that, um, that kind of has that sneaky seventh round value that can help you at corner. Uh, as a depth guy, as a gunner, as a jammer, you know, on your you know on your kick coverage team, uh, while hope maybe giving that big boost in the return team that you're really trying to trying to find. Alex, going back to that defense for one last question here. You see on Twitter a lot of Steelers fans thinking, oh, maybe this will finally be the year that you know they go for a cornerback early. You in your mock, you don't have that. You have Pittsburgh looking at Jonathan Jones, the cornerback from Auburn, in around the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you think he would be a good fit? And there, there's some other guys maybe late in the draft that Pittsburgh could target for that cornerback spot. Yeah, you know, I know corners at the, at the top of everyone's list uh, for most Steeler fans. I almost feel like I have the answer rehearsed now because I feel like I give it out so right. often. But but they haven't taken a corner in the first round since 1997 in Chad Scott. Uh, you know, it's a position they don't value as much because they don't need man guys that can run a 4-4 and pick off 10 passes. Uh, they just want guys that are physical and embrace the run game. And honestly, guys, I, I think the cornerback group is going to get better. If they bring back William Gay, if they bring back Antron Blake, who's going to be healthier this year, he was a mess. I mean, he was playing with one arm last year. He was so banged up. You got Ross Cockwell, you got Senquez Golson, Duran Grant. Those guys are all going to get better. Um, so I don't think the position is as important. And then just to, to your point, Mark, about Jonathan Jones, uh, you know, I saw him at the senior bowl. He's undersized. He's not even 5'9". He came in really, really light. But, you know, the Steelers started Antoine Blake, who's under 5'10". They drafted Senquez Golson, who's 5'8 and a half. They traded for Brandon Boykin, who's like 5'9 and a half. Uh, they're okay with smaller cornerbacks. And I think Jonathan Jones is a guy that plays bigger, that does a nice job, you know, tracking the ball vertically, finding it high-pointing the football or playing the pocket. Got a lot of praise down in Mobile. Gus Bradley was very, very you know, effusive in, in the praise of Jonathan Jones. So, you know, I, I just think a mid-round corner is probably where they're going to go. Alex, i got to say, I don't think it would have been possible for me to oversell you, actually, having just talked <laughs> no, to you for the last 15 minutes. Man. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, I just don't just I, I learned just don't talk to women and stay inside and then usually <laughs> kind of figure this stuff out. That's the, that's the strategy. So if you need a, a hot tip, there you go. That's my that's my advice. I'm locking myself in the basement for the rest of the winter now. 
<laughs> there you go. We certainly appreciate it, Alex, and uh, we'll definitely make sure we'll check into you as we get a little bit uh, closer to draft time. But thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. It really means thanks, a lot. Alex. You guys are doing a great job over there at Inside the Pylon. I love I love your content every single day. Thanks again, guys. Hey, thanks again, Alex. Alex Kazora from Steelers Depot. And uh, certainly uh, one of the best resources for anything Steelers-oriented that you're going to find out there. And, and Mark, like I, I think I just learned more about not only the Steelers, but probably this draft class than I have like I all week combined just about. He just crushed that. I mean, definitely you know, follow him on Twitter. Make sure you read his stuff over at Steelers Depot. Alex does a great job. Got to spend some time with him down in Mobile. And you know, he's got you know, a great eye for time and for player evaluation so great to talk to him and yeah he just knocked that out of the park that was impressive killed it we're gonna bring yep. it back down to reality now though yeah now you're stuck with us people now you get us and uh we actually the, the twitter question i'm gonna actually jump the line here and Boy. give our twitter question of the day uh today's twitter question is brought to you or rather is coming from uh chuck zada you can follow him on twitter at itp underscore chuck z oh this is a curveball and uh today's twitter question is Mark, how fast do you run the 40-yard dash? How fast do I right now? Yeah, like it, at this moment, like if you had to just stand up and go if 40 to, yards. If I had to stand up and go 40 yards right now, probably I'm guessing f- mid 4.8. That's generous. You think? <laughs> oh, I couldn't. Honestly, I just ate dinner at this point i'm sitting here i'm going oh are we talking like literally like put the mic down and go like don't even get a chance to stretch yeah no this is you know cold like just go you know open the door and just oh gun it well all right i don't even have shoes on um we're probably talking like five eight man okay yeah We're, we're, we're in the same boat now at least yeah plus today was today was leg day at the gym too i did a nice little uh leg day myself actually you know why no why draft right or combine people yeah but that's not coming up for a year man you're already i gotta get ready i'm already prepping i'm doing power cleans in the gym and stuff i haven't done a power clean since i was 21 (laughs) yeah and believe me when i did it the first i did it probably a week or so ago for the first time in you know since college and fell over fell over i had people looking at me at the gym like i was an idiot trainers coming over you all right you know what you're doing i'm like i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay i'm just glad they checked on you yeah, that could have been ugly. Could have been. But we're yeah. done for uh, done for the day. We've got one more show coming up tomorrow. Uh, I actually don't have it planned out right now, so we'll do a little bit of a freeform Friday. I think it'll be pretty outstanding. It would be fantastic. Uh, to everyone who has been listening, thank you very much. Please make sure, if you are a frequent listener, go on to iTunes, give us a review. It really helps us just get our word out there a little bit more. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. So just take two minutes if you get the chance. Go give us a quick review on iTunes. It helps boost us up the ratings so we can continue on our path to world domination. We That's certainly... We certainly would appreciate it. Until tomorrow, Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield, we'll see you later. Speech.